Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Surf Stories, the podcast brought to you by the Florida Surf Film Festival and Surfing's Evolution and Preservation Foundation, with additional support from Monster Energy, Rourke, Globe Footwear, Sunbum, Yeti, and the lawyer dude, Josh Wagner. It sure is nice to have those folks uh, pushing this podcast for us and giving us the funding we need to make it happen. Absolutely. We couldn't do it without them. I'm your host, John Brooks. With me, as always, is co-host Kevin Miller. And, Good to uh, be here. Yeah, Kev, I'm stoked about the, our guest today. He's uh, one of our uh, closest people to the surf film festival circle and that by, by that i mean he works with us to make it a success and uh he is a dj of reggae music um very well educated when it comes to his topic and with good fortune we we get to go all the way back to his early miami days and hear how lance o'brien became lanzo with culture shock music yeah it's if, if you've surfed anywhere in florida chances are when you were in the parking lot you saw this little round sticker, yellow with a, a red circle around the outside, a green star in the middle, said Culture Shock Music, spelled with a K, yeah. and uh, you're like, I wonder what that is, like, because yeah. it's everywhere. And, uh, <laughs> and admittedly, is. the guy orders like 50,000 stickers at a time. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think the uh, economies of scale holds true there. He, he also uh, DJs almost every surf-related event. That you can think of. He's at the Sunbum yeah. uh, booth at Surf Expo every single year, every day, blasting the tunes that uh, are now signature Sunbum and uh, one of our great sponsors. So just stoked to have Lance's story here. I've known him since Jamaica. I met him on a trip to Jamaica, and uh, he was the same Lanzo that we know today. 
you know, at one point he just pivoted in his life to uh, pure goodness. Yeah. Yeah. He's become synonymous with Florida surfing and music. So enjoy our chat with Lanto. This is a special podcast for me. I uh, took a trip in 2006 right, and uh, was with my high school friends. We always tried to get together and take a, a fun trip. And our good friend, Tom Macaluso, our creative director, said, yep, right. boys, I went to Jamaica last year and it was fun. We had a good time. I can't promise you the best accommodations necessarily or anything crazy. The waves won't be unreal, but... It was a fun trip. Yeah. And we bought on. We're like, let's let's go. Let's make a let's make a let's make the commitment and go to Jamaica for surf, which is a stretch for most people. Billy, uh what's his last name? Wilmot. 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 Yeah. Had his tour. Okay. On, you know, maybe through Surfline or, or like uh waterways or something. Uh-huh. And then Kurt, Captain R- Right. Kirk? No, Kurt, Kurt Massanelli. Kurt Massanelli, thank yeah, you. Yeah, and Chris Beeman. And it was Chris Beeman. So yeah. Kurt Massanelli uh-huh. was our guide at okay. a different location. Yeah. Um, we stayed at a house like right on the beach. It was beautiful. Um, I, w- I would say the house setup was definitely Jamaica. Right. Style. Um, local style. And uh, but the beaches and the coral reef, everything was beautiful. And then on like day two, we heard somebody, one of uh, Kurt's friends was coming to town and he was going to be surfing with us for the rest of the trip. And we're like, oh, great. Another guy in the water. This is going to be great. <laughs> Who's this fucking guy? And then Lanzo walks up. Nice. And uh, he's got like a Ziploc freezer bag full of nuts and dreadlocks <laughs> down to his ass. And, you know, fit as can be, carrying a fish with him, I think. And uh, like maybe didn't have a shirt on. Of course not. So threw, threw his stuff on the ground. He's like, where are we going, boys, or something? Like that. And we rolled out that day as soon as he got in. Proceeded to rip every single one of the waves he took, almost to the beach, you know, into the into the kickout channel, wherever we were, and was the most delightful, positive, uh, funny guy that we ever thought we 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 never thought this would be how this trip would work out. You know, whenever you hear somebody's coming on board on your surf trip, yeah, you never you never think it's going to work out, right? Yeah, but Lanzo was just the. Absolute bee's knees, and we we had so much fun. We had a guy with us videoing our uh, trip. Was that my phone, John? I think it was a computer, maybe. All right, I'm si- I'm on silent now, just in case. But uh, but yeah, it was just an amazing uh thing to get to meet Lanto, and uh, it, this this comes full circle. I'm getting there. Yeah, sorry, but like we were filming because we had some guy just for our own keepsake purposes. We wanted the uh, the yeah. video to look back, and right. we like doing that. And uh might have been, I can't remember. It was 2004, I think. 2006. No, you, it's 2006, you were right. Cause, sick. Okay. Yeah, because that's when we, we taped the, uh, <clears throat> I think, um, yeah, because, yeah, that was, because the thing was, that was the trip right before I did the trip for exactly Island Hoppers. Yeah, so. Okay. Lanzo had a, a deal in production with the TV network uh, called Island Hoppers. And uh, he and another person were the showrunners. They were also the stars of it. They uh, they would feature different... I'll let Lanzo tell that story. 
uh, when we get to it. But um, he used some of the footage that our filmer guy shot of it. Nice. And it's the only time I've ever been on TV. <laughs> and I, I was surfing, too. He got a, a couple of uh, decent waves of mine on TV. Yeah. And I remember trying to record it on a VHS. I don't know what it was. It was terrible back then. You know, how do you record TV? I think on your DVR. Yeah. And uh, it, it stoked us out. We were all uh, thrilled by that. But also, it turned out that your brother, Shea O'Brien, was the uh, and is the uh, proprietor of Chancletus Beach Resort down in Nicaragua at the Boom. I visited there in 2010. He's worked with my friend, good friend, Sean Gilbert mm-hmm. um, from high school mm-hmm. uh, on different jobs. And it's just our worlds have uh, come together so many times yeah. now that we've got the festival and you're DJing at the festival yeah and uh it's just been an absolute pleasure yeah to like get to know you over these years and I want to sure. welcome you to the podcast yeah and think about how long we've been talking about this I <laughs> know I know <laughs> and I just love how it just organically happened you know I it's like every time we're like well I'm in town well I don't know well, the thing is, is that when you're in town, it's because the waves are good. And, no, and, and none of us want to record a podcast then. I know, I know, right? Unless it's one of those desperate summers, but I'm always in and out on yeah. those. You know, it's if it's good, I'm staying. But Or you're in town for the festival and we're slammed. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Typically, yeah, that's, that's you know, and I, I don't even really, I brought it up once and I was just like, yeah, that was dumb, you know. But no worries. We, oh, no. we like we, that this we've been, happened. We've been wanting to do it for yeah. this, you know, oh, yeah. a long time. You know, I'm going to comment on <clears throat> Kevin actually, like, I can remember, I can see Ke- one of Kevin's waves in my head. No way. And Kevin got, like, a really good, like, front side cutback. Yeah. Right? Oh, you know, kind of, oh, not full roundhouse, but it was, like, you know, like a good cutback, you know. And we, I remember that was, that was the one that stood out to me and that was in... That made that made the intro. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. I, I I very rarely am the best surfer on a trip, and uh, I was not. Once Lanzo got there, I was not the best surfer. But for out of my high school friends, by that time, I might have been the best surfer, and that yeah. might have been my best wave of the trip. Yeah, and yeah, that I I was stoked on that one. Yeah, that was a good little wave. It was it was it was like a almost like a, a miniature point break in a tiny little bay that went yeah. into a marsh. And it was literally just off the side of the road. We just happened to like, like, hey, what, what's that? Yeah, you know? yeah. You know what I mean? We just pulled over and jumped out in the water and surfed for, I don't know, probably a good hour and a half to nice. almost two hours. That's it's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. And I and the thing is, I've been there before and I've never seen the place break again. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Like I've driven by there, you know, because if you drive by there once, you're driving by it twice because you got to pretty sure. much go back the same way. Sure. Yeah. You know, unless you're like all going all the way up to the North Coast. But yeah, you know, that was kind of like one of those magic days. It wasn't, I mean, it was, not, you know, it was probably, you know, stomach high sets at, at the peak. Yeah, yeah. You know, solid waist high, but just super, just super lined up. Oh, yeah. you're talking about that little river mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, different spot. Okay, yeah, yeah I was yeah. thinking of a different spot. But that was a dreamy session. We yes, had, that was. We had no idea how yeah. that came together. And even Kurt was mind blown. Um we 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 literally surfed till dark and yeah. we, I think we went through two cases of beer, played dominoes after that. It was like <laughs> nice. it was an unreal day, kind of a little yeah. sweet spot. Yeah, that that's was. what's so cool about the Caribbean. Yeah. Lots of places in the Caribbean, like you'll see a wave break it, and it breaks there once or twice, and it's like the it, the the swell has to go through so many different islands mm-hmm. and refract and bend and uh, you know a couple degrees makes all the difference and exactly yeah that that's what's so cool. Like you could spend a lifetime on a boat 
just cruising around the Caribbean and finding waves and, and never run out of finding new waves. You don't, um, you, you don't even know, John. Yeah. You don't even know. Exactly. There's, you know, there were, there were three islands that was still on my bucket list, which was Grenada, St. Vincent, and, you know, St. Lucia, one of, you know, one of those over in that area. And, you know, we, after we had been doing it a little while, we started getting like messages. Hey, you guys are ready. Let me know. Come here. Wow. And man, this one guy, I can't, I can't really give away no secrets. No, no. But, um, it was St. Vincent and he's like, dude, there are hundreds, literally hundreds. No idea. Of good waves that He's like, I'll, you could be here for a month and you could surf a different wave every day with nobody out. Wow. Unreal. You know? And the thing is, you know, anytime you're on an island in that much water, dude, there's just so many opportunities. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's so many right across the way in the Bahamas. Yeah. There's so many waves over there. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, you know, it's just like, like you need time, right? You just yeah. need the time to sort of sort of be on the on the coast. Yeah, and exactly. I get it. I, I'm going to back up a little bit because yeah, sure. I think everybody wants to hear a little bit more about your upbringing. And you know, did you grow up in South Florida? I was born and raised in Coconut Grove, which okay. is a village classic. Of, yeah, village of Miami. It's a it's an old hippie town. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, the local drug dealer was named Freebird. So <laughs> <laughs> that's where David Crosby found Joni Mitchell at the gaslight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right there in Coconut That's where uh, Jim Morrison got arrested. Yeah. Wow. For uh, doing, getting on stage naked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's actually where, it's also where the Bay of Pigs were the first Cubans that came into the United States in 1962, a mile and a half from my house. Wow. Wow. And, uh, you know, so I grew up in Coconut Grove. <laughs> Um, was basically the heart, you know, kind of the base, you know, we moved around Coral Gables, South Miami, you know, unincorporated Dade, uh, and, you know, very, um, very, very Florida then. Yeah. You yeah. know, very Florida, uh, very underdeveloped. Sure. Um, like we used to go to the bowling alley out in the sawgrass. Like, wow. Ten miles from the house, it was the only thing that was out there. But you know, Crazy. obviously now that place is so like where Kim Kendall is now, basically. Yeah, it's actually West Kendall. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was Kendall because it. The, what I remember is like after Sunnyland, it was just bush. Wow. All the way, pretty much till you got to Key West. Unreal. Wow. Like four hours of driving. Yeah. Three four hours, you know. Sure. And um, you know, it was um. I mean, you know, South Florida was great. What, you know, one thing that a lot of people looked, you know, it's, I guess it depends on who you are. But a lot of people, like I can remember when the Cubans started coming in. In my neighborhood, j- just like there was an exodus going on. Right. How, old, how old are you, Atlanta? I'm uh, 58. 58, okay. Okay. So what happened was all these people started moving. They're like, oh, whatever, the Cubans and whatever. And I was just like, I was like, whatever, you know, yeah. okay, whatever, <laughs> you know, no big deal. All my, half my friends in school, because the Bay of 
Kig, Bay of Pigs kids were my friends. Right. Okay. And they were literally just on the other side of US one. Were you raised like your, your last name's O'Brien? So correct. The uh, was your dad uh, Irish uh, American immigrant kind of thing? And yeah. Well, he was. Let me think. He was. It was his grandfather came okay. to America. Okay. Okay. All right. He married. His father married a German woman. Okay. In Ireland. Okay. And my great grandfather came and worked the docks in New Jersey. Wow. Okay. All right. So my dad dad you know there and my mom and dad went to high school they were high school sweethearts in high school right he was a star football player she was a cheerleader <laughs> you know was she irish german descent? she was jewish and french her mom is french okay. and her dad was jewish but not only only bloodline not not a practicing jew fair enough okay. um you know and and my, you know, and I used to always tell my grandmother, "Well, you're Jewish." She's like, "No, I'm not. <laughs> I married your, I married your grandfather, but that don't make me Jewish." <laughs> okay. And she's like, you know, and then she, but she's like, but if I was, if I was over in Germany in the '40s, they would have put me in an oven, you know. Right. Yeah. So, and 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 it was like, wow. And uh, for some reason, I was so adamant about telling her she was Jewish, and then I realized after she passed that she wasn't. I felt horrible. Oh. You know what I mean? She was such a sweet lady. And, um, you know, so I, that side, it's weird. I know more about my father's side, and he passed away when I was four. Okay. And, you know, and... Your dad passed away when you were four years old? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, okay. he, he didn't really pass, it pass. I mean, he died. Okay. You know what I mean? He he, he, he got shot, actually. Oh, wow. But yeah, it was pretty pretty tragic. Um, um, my brothers don't even remember him. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that was that young. It was... Is Shay younger than you? Yeah, both my brothers are. We have a middle brother, too, who, you know, most most of Shay and I's friends don't really know him except for the one high school ones, you know, yeah. after high school, because he didn't really... He surfed, but he wasn't like a surfer. Okay. You know, he actually surfs more now than he did when we were growing up. Oh, you yeah. Know, we all wrestled high school, you know, junior high, high school. And he was kind of more in with that clicky crowd at school, um, you know, so. He pursued a career in, in film, right? Shay did. And well, Shay was, Shay was in production. Production Shay camera, was yeah. a prop master, mm. our prop person. And Jamin, um, they both started at a, at a, at a production company in, in, in Miami. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, you know, it was. The timing was great. That's when the, you know, South Beach was blowing up with oh, the yeah. production and yeah. the models and the everything. And they, you know, they were with a pretty good production company. You know, you basically start out as a driver and a do boy. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of like, you know, being on set and doing stuff, you kind of figure out, well, if you're going to stick with it, you kind of figure out which direction you want to go. Exactly. You know, and, you know, Shay liked the more creative building stuff you know and yeah jamin's just born a boss you know <laughs> what i mean he yeah. likes he's good at what he does but he likes to tell people what to do <laughs> i got one of those siblings <laughs> you yeah. know if i if i could put it to you in in the form of comic books shay was the hulk i was spider-man and he was richie rich okay <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that's classic all right so you know so he you know shay kind of went in that direction and then jamin Jamin went pretty much 
to an upper level position. He went to second AD. Okay. Okay. Second to, second AD is basically the person that is responsible for hiring everybody. Right. You know, he might hire somebody to do wardrobe and hire somebody to hire the actors or the, the talent or sure. whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, and you know, Jamin did go to school for film. That's cool. And he was also a political major. Um, he was a double, double major. And so, you know, he wanted to go into that more directing, producing type of role, you know, and he spent quite a, a long time directing and then he, f- you know, got on as a first AD and then, you know, he started directing, he started producing and he's still doing it to this day. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. You know, and they, they just came off a big strike. So he's happy. You know, yeah. Starting right. to work yeah, again. Yeah. Cause you know he doesn't he doesn't look too good skinny man you know that's <laughs> funny because he's like you know we're coming down but we're pinching you know because you know we're just I still haven't gotten my checks yet but it's coming it's funny you guys all ended up in show business one way or another kind of I mean as a yeah. DJ uh, and what you do I consider that yeah, basically yeah, yeah, show yeah. business and, well, but, but uh, before you continue just real quick I wanted to go back yeah. to the fact that um, you guys lost your dad when you were four and your brothers were, were even younger than that. So Two and almost Shay was almost one. <clears throat> Shay was about to have his first birthday. Wow. A month away. Are you comfortable telling us what happened or Oh sure, yeah. Or, okay. All right. So um my dad started the first AA um in Miami wow. in nineteen sixty six. Wow. Year after I was born. It's still there at the Coral Room in Coral Gables. Wow. So obviously he had a drinking problem, mm-hmm. um, Irish and German, right? You know, I'll do it. Yeah, genetic so, at that point. Very much, very mm-hmm. much. And um, so, what happened was he was out drinking. But from my understanding of the story, he was responsible in the fact that he didn't drive drunk. So okay. he was basically walking home, which was probably, probably five or six miles. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. wasn't close. He was on the Miami River. At a at a bar, you know, a lot of seafood, good seafood over there. He was, I guess, out drinking, um, walking home, and sees a light on. Sees a guy in a what what they said was a broom factory. You know, it's like, hey, got a cigarette? It's an old Cuban guy. Oh, Lingle. Yeah. And my dad's my dad's kind of a little bit intimidating, mm-hmm. you know. So the old man calls the cops. It's three, four o'clock in the morning. They send the rookie out by himself. My my dad always had a problem with authority. Okay. I used to have the same problem and the same drinking problem. But we can yeah. talk about that another time or whenever. But anyway, so the cop comes out. My dad ends up having an oyster knife in his back pocket. Mm. Charges the cop. Dead. Wow. Died, died in five minutes. I'd be wow. shot him to kill him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't shoot him for in the leg. Okay. In a night in jail. Yeah, yeah. Shot him dead. And and I'll never forget the most was the next morning. Yeah. My mom got the call. Life altering. Oh, my God, dude. That scream was like rocked out. I mean, Shay immediately started crying. He did, he was crawling under the table. Yeah. You know, and five minutes later, Jamin was. And I was just like... I was just like, oh, my God. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's hard. You know, you know, and we, we, you know, when I look back and I talk to people about it, they're like, oh, you guys grew up, you guys had a rough life, you know, okay. really pretty rough. Mm-hmm. You know, we had, I had a lot of friends die, drugs, really accidents, you know, 
Yeah, a lot of drugs in Miami in the eighties, dude. It yeah. was it was it was a party. Sorry about the chair. No, no, the the weed the weed graduated to blow real quick. Oh, I real quick, you know. And it's and one of the reasons, in in relative perspective to that, one of the reasons there was that exodus of people leaving was, what Castro did in nineteen eighty was he let all the prisoners out of jail with the understanding you have to leave the island. Mm, okay. So they were all making whatever they could to float to Florida because yeah. once they touch American ground, they're granted immunity. Yeah. Immunity. So what was happening is, I mean, if you're letting out murderers, rapists, thieves, robbers. Yeah, we've seen Scarface. I'm, yeah, exactly. And yeah. We, our, our, you remember you remember this scene um, with the convertible and the pretty girl bends over yeah. and is talking to Al Pacino and uh, I forget who, uh, Don Johnson. That was the hottest girl in our high school. That was one of my Kidding friends. No that, yeah, yeah. Ah. Venice. That was one of my my one of my boys from the neighborhood. That was his girlfriend. He we were like you mother. <laughs> <It> was, everybody <laughs> wanted that girl, you know. So anyway, so what happened was, you know, because that story Scarface is based on that whole scene, and sure. it was basically refugees killing refugees. Okay, but it was, uh, it, I mean, it was a real bloodbath. Like, wow. you know, I was telling somebody the story the other day, just the, actually at Surf Expo. And um, they were like, yeah, when we heard about Miami, they were like, we were told not to go there because it was so dangerous. Well, it did have that sort of lore for a while. Yeah. You know, kind of. Yeah. You know, in the 70s, and, 80s. Yeah. And you, and you have to remember, um, who was it? I mean, shortly after there, there was that the, the, the black guy that got, you know, killed and they had the huge riots. Yeah. Okay. Huge riots. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Duffy. Okay. Something Duffy. But that was, you know, it was like, like back to back, like they burned everything down, you know? So it was, you know, it was definitely, you know, and you guys know, well, at that age back then, we had a lot more freedom. We could just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mom was like, just be home at dark. Be home at dark. Yep. Be home at dark, you know, just stay out yeah. of trouble. You know, and you guys do whatever you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like nowadays, you know, it's like they got leashes on them, literally, you know? Yeah. So, you know. I'm assuming your mom probably then, as a single parent, was probably working a ton. Two jobs. Two jobs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two jobs. Did you, as the oldest uh, of the boys, um, because this happens sometimes when you have that scenario, did you take on any, any kind of like a father figure role to your younger brothers? Well, you know, what happened with that... John, honestly, was I was kind of told that. Mm. And so I felt like I I had to. Yeah. But the interesting dynamic of it was, you know, and I'm going to tell you guys a couple of these are kind of deep, you know, because what happened was being the older brother already, I'm telling them what to do. Sure. And, you know, they were like, uh, they didn't like that. Right. You understand? And you can actually... You know, I, you, nobody would ever notice it, but I still see it today where yeah. they, they kind of like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Jamin's the boss, you know what I mean? Okay. Like Jamin's like the guy that likes to tell you what to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of became, believe it or not, that actually was somewhat detrimental to our relationship. Sure. You know, growing up, but you know, it was never a situation of lost love. Sure. You understand? It was a situation of, we're tired of you telling us what to do. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, and it was always like I was, and on top of that, I, you know, I, I definitely wasn't the nicest brother. You know, I was beating him up because I could. Yeah. You know what I mean? And nobody was around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most of the time. You know, so there was that kind of thing. And then luckily, luckily for me, because it got, it, it, it really got pretty bad, to be honest. Okay. It got bad. And, you know, and then you mix alcohol with that. And it, it was just. Oh, brothers fighting alcohol, Irish volatile. German. Oh, All you yeah. had to say was Irish German alcoholic. And yeah, it was, it, it, I, mean, I, I mean, I'll never forget um, Thanksgiving Day, 1984. Oh, really? Me and my brother, dude, just like, I'm calling my mom balling, dude. Like, yeah. I didn't want to fight, but my brother's like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. What were you like 18 years old? Yeah. yeah, And he was a little bigger, you know, and I was trying to steer away from that and whatever. And I was just trying to like, just like, just defend myself and not get too aggressive, you know? Yeah. You got one of those blowout fights. Oh, blowout. That was the one, you know? And, um, you know, and I could see it in his eyes, you know? And so what ended up happening was I ended up, um, I quit drinking at 18. No, at eighty, at twenty five. Okay, twenty five. My okay. my, I made a, I made a, I made a, I made a proclamation with myself. Wow. I I saw, you know, what I saw my dad do. I didn't want to sit my son to see that, my yeah. kids to see that. Okay. So I promised myself, if I haven't stopped drinking by twenty five, I'm stopping. Okay, wow. that's okay. impressive. I, you know, and I no AA, nothing, cold <clears throat> turkey, yeah. you know, and I can tell you, I mean, there was a major event. You know, we were at a we were at a bachelor party. You know, f- drunk as hell, playing. I don't know if you guys know what broom hockey is. Mm-hmm. Broom hockey is you know no ice skates, a soccer ball, and a yeah, broom. Yeah. Okay. And you know, a couple drunk guys. You know, you're uh, you know, and you yeah. always want to check the guy and start whacking him with the broom. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and that and that's what happened. Um, me and this one guy, we were you know, we were in the same group, but we weren't really friends. Okay. All right. And he came up from behind me and whacked me, you know, and I bumped him in. So I went to one goalie, he went to the other and I'm like, uh, it's just boiling in my head. And I'm just like, I'm going to get them off. You know? Yeah. And we came walking off the glass, off the ice and I, he came up off of the water fountain and I just laid him out. Okay. And all my friends were like, Lance, you are an asshole. Wow. Mm -hmm. And they left me basically this, this is the whatever the hockey team is down south. That was their arena, but it was kind of where Weston is and um, <coughs> yeah. Sawgrass Mills Mall. Yeah, yeah, that, it's it's yeah. out there. But back then there was nothing there, right? Yeah. You know, there were alligators, oh, yeah. literally alligators, and they le- everybody left me there. They're like, Lance, I'm done with you, you know. And I was just wow. like, man, you know, that was that was a heavy blow. It was rock bottom. For it was you, rock I guess. bottom, yeah, pretty much. Uh, if not, if not rock bottom, very close. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, the next weekend rolled around, you know, and it was more of a. I was more of a weekend drinker then. I'd kind of cut back a little bit. I used to pretty much drink almost every day. Yeah, and what happened was, Frank came over, twelve pack of old Milwaukee on sale, of course. Yeah, and came over. I popped one beer. I said, you know what? I'm done. I said, you know what? Do me a favor. Take that 12 pack with you. You're welcome to stay. But when you leave, please take those beers with you. Excuse me. And I never drank again. Wow. And that was March 4th, 1991. Mm. And I stopped cold turkey 
And, um, and that was a real first big step and probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Sure. Um, because a couple years after that, um, what ended up happening was, you know, I was getting really into the reggae, like from a career standpoint and I went a hundred percent raw, hundred percent organic and a hundred percent vegan all at the same time. And I'm telling you all this because this all comes back. It'll all, it'll, you'll see it all fall into place when I'm talking about how it kind of saved my brother and our relationship. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the alcohol was big, but going raw and organic and, and vegan, what that ended up doing to make a long story short was I ended up start, I got into fasting I got into cleansing. I got into <clears throat> that type of stuff. And what happened was I was on, I used to work up at a radio station in Long Island called WSB at Stony Brook University. No kidding. Does that, how'd you end up up there? Well, what they used to do was in the holidays, they would invite guest DJs, artists, celebrities when the kids were gone yeah. So what happened was the reggae director had graduated and he lived down the road. And there was the guy that one that was one of the guys that was had a reggae show, had the longest reggae show in America at one point, Lister and Kibrit. And so I was up there, stay at Kibrit's house and we became like brothers. And um, so I was up there, you know, doing it. And I and it ended up I, I ended up becoming like a, a manager. You know, I wow. loved what they were doing. Loved yeah. it. Just absolutely loved it. And then were I you, was just out of curiosity, this goes hand in hand usually, but were you smoking weed at all or were you completely sober? Well, actually, you know, I, I mean, every people uh, today still think I smoke weed. You know, I mean, I've almost gotten in fights with guys because they're like, dude, stop fucking with me, man. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. I kind of <laughs> figured it usually people assume it yeah. and it's a bad assumption, but yeah. I just wondered if you had had. Well, well here's what happened. I, I quit. I could tell you it was at the Billy Idol concert in Reynolds Coliseum in Raleigh, North Carolina, October 14th, <laughs> 1984. Unreal. That's <laughs> that was the last time I smoked weed. Similar. Yeah, like you just cold turkey this shit and you went yeah. pure. That's great. Yeah, because you know my personality type is I'm all or nothing. I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all or nothing. Hundred and fifty percent, or maybe two if you're lucky. Kind of in the DNA, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, totally. a lot, of, a lot of families you see that happen. Like, yeah, yeah, passing uh, down. Well, you know, I, I mean, in my family, I don't know where it came from because my brothers aren't like that. My mother wasn't like that. I didn't know my dad well enough, so I don't know where it came from. But I'm definitely. All or nothing. Well, process of elimination would put yeah. that square on your dad, probably. With probably, yeah. but you know, but it could also be rooted to somebody. Uh, you oh, know, there's other things. Yeah, too. yeah, you know, somebody deeper. Sure. Right. You know, because it's weird. I looked exactly like my mother's second cousin, and she was like four deep. Whoa. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so what ended up happening was at Kibbert's house <clears throat> for the uh, radio marathon, reggae radio marathon, and um, I picked up this book. And it was about fasting, right? And I'm like, you know, oh, this is, it was great. I Dude, it was a almost a 300-page book. I read it in a fucking afternoon. Excuse my language. Okay. I don't no, like no, it's all good. I still don't like to cuss so much. It's, it's, not, a, it's not attractive. Um, but anyway, so I read this thing, and I'm like, oh, they're trying to sell a product, which is fine. I bought it. 
and it and it all worked and you know there was these you know superlatives and these just big statements you know like oh you're gonna feel like negative energy literally leave your body when you have certain movements you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but this cleanse basically what it did is it provided you with the minerals and the vitamins that you did while you fasted and it was also coupled with a cleanse and you know you know, m- most American diets have a lot of flour, a lot of sugar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so they're talking about, you know, you're going to get rid of all this stuff that's lined your intestines. And believe it or not, that stuff was happening. The monkey came off my back. Emotions were tied to certain thing. And I'm telling you guys, the Lance you know now is a lot different than the Lance back then. Okay. I was pretty negative. I was aggressive. I was a brawler. I was a f- gangster. You yeah, know, I not, was. A, that's not the Lance we know. No, exactly. <laughs> I was a thief. I'd, I'd snake anybody. I didn't care if they. You're in my break, bro. You know. Yeah. And when there was a problem at South Beach, they called me. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you know, and I realized after doing so much bad, I know that side. Yeah. I know that side well. Yeah. You understand. And that's where this metamorphosis saved my relationship with my brothers. Because okay. they were literally at that point, they're ready to write me off. Sure. They're like, we're done with Lance. So, you know, this, you know, it'd be like, you know, and, 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 and just a good example is that they used to tell me, be like, you know, we'd be scared to introduce you to our friends, but, you know, we felt like we had to more for them because they were expecting it. But then we were scared because we didn't know how you were going to react. Mm. Eggshells. Yeah. Exactly. And I, that's how I was when I was drunk. I'd either be grabbing your balls, patting your ass, and trying to throw a tongue down your kids or kissing you all over, or I was trying to kick your ass. Okay. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it was a crapshoot. And that's what happened the night that I, with the guy. You know, it yeah. was, I was fine pretty much all day. And who, you know, Nobody likes the eggshells thing. No. It, it makes sure it's not good for long-term relationships. Everybody's uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's like, no. oh, how's Lance going to be today? Is he going to be nice and funny and trying to grab my balls? Or is he going to try and kick my ass? Yeah. Right. You know, but luckily that changed and it ended up salvaging pretty much all my friendships with all those people that wrote me off. Cause some of those people are still some of my best friends, you know, amazing, you know, and you know, because, I mean, that path I was on was very destructive, you know, not yeah. only to me, but to people around me. Yeah. And, you know, it was, you know, the alcohol was hard and what have you. I was working at the Clevelander Bar on South Beach, which was oh, the, classic. The, the hoppinest spot oh, yeah. on the beach. Yeah. I ended up quitting that job because, yeah, right. you yeah. know, I was just like, I can't even be in the environment anymore. No doubt. Yeah. You know, I didn't go out. I didn't go out socially for probably three years. Wow. Just to maintain. Yeah. That makes sense. You know what I mean? I yeah. can remember. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. You know, I I have good self. I have pretty good self-control, self-discipline. I'm a very self, you know, very good self-discipline. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'll tell you what. There was one. It was, I think it was New Year's. Yeah, it had to be New Year's because we were up. Like, the bar didn't, like, the, people weren't even out of the bar till like, 7 a.m. And I remember that night. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go out. I went out this one time. Yeah. I went to an after party till like, 10 in the morning. It started at 6. 
And, you know, and it really just showed me, I was like, you know, that's not me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the only one. And it's so crazy. I was sober. And it was one of the only times I ever went to one of those after parties at South Beach that started, you know, because I mean, the bars there were open till five. Like, yeah. how much more do you need? <laughs> yeah. uh, I know. Well, you got to be you got to be <laughs> inebriated or, or like Shh, dude, to I'm, enjoy it with with everybody else in that state of mind. It's of course it, when you're sober. It's really annoying, actually. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and, you know, it actually wasn't bad because it was a lot of my friends, and you know, and I would. I, OK. And I had kind of. I just kind of was with my friends or whatever, and it wasn't too bad, but it was just, you know, it was just one of those things. And then I knew it was coming. And unfortunately that situation happened, you know, now me and that guy are friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and it was like, you know, and now it's like, I walk away from fights. I paddle away from, you know, the aggression or whatever. And, you know, and now it's, you know, it's just come literally like, a 720 dude i've come around yeah. a couple times compared to where i was well i yeah. can yeah i mean men, our history has been always the the new yeah you know version of lanson yeah um it's impressive whenever i see people take control yeah of their life and make a realization uh start to look in inside rather than outside mm-hmm. for, for the solution of all their problems and you know t- taking the step to eliminate the influences that aren't the best right that's it's hard to do man that's brave it is you know and it's like you you really you really have to you basically you're chopping yourself at the ankles mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you're starting over and you know um a, a kind of a um a an important part of that that i didn't mention that goes right along with it was that I also was in the process of turning Rasta. Okay. When I was going, so that was that was also a a real good fit for me, and you know because tell us about the principles that were attractive to moving um, in that direction. Well, you know, so I mean, there are obviously quite a few. You know, like I was getting that's when I first got into producing music. So. You know, I had a couple of artists around me, and some used to stay with me. I had one who's still in my camp named Natty Remo, and he just never, like, broke that barrier. You know, he had a big opportunity. In 94, he was nominated with Anthony B. as Best New Artist in Jamaica. And Anthony B. is still huge today, and he just never... But anyway, being with him and this other one that was with, which, which was one of my favorite singers at the time named Jamali, and Jamali's still around doing it. And Jamali has had some success. He's had a couple of songs. But listening to them, because they were both Rastas, you know, they had practice, practice, they practiced Rastafari. And they were the ones, they were kind of just, they weren't giving me too much. They basically, because of them, they made me go find it myself. Okay. You know, understand? And that way, I got my perception not theirs. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I made my own philosophies based on what I found, you know, and you know, some Rastas will still bun me out just for the fact that I'm white. You know, there are yeah. some very, but most of them, you know, most of them are accepting, you know, and, um, but you know, there are just like in Christianity, there's different sects. Sure. Right. Okay. You know, and, and at the end of the day, Rastafari is based on Christianity. Right. Okay. The, only, the biggest difference is 
Haile Selassie, who is Ja Rastafari, is the returning of Jesus Christ. Okay. But they see him as the black God. He, they came in, the, in the, you know, as a, because there's even proof of his lineage all the way back to King David. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. They're saying, so he was that chosen one. And that was pretty much instituted by Marcus Messiah Garvey, who's a Jamaican okay. as well in the 30s. And that's when the whole Rasta movement started. Okay. All right. Like in Jamaica, if you were a Rasta in the 30s, you basically got beat. And if you were in town in Kingston, you were going to jail. Wow. So most of the Rastas lived in the mountains. Okay. Rasta villages, you know, and they lived off of the earth. And, you know, it was it was a whole, whole it was very different then. If you were a Rasta in the 30s to the 60s, you were living a rough life. Okay. Very rough. Very rough. Nobody wanted to hire you. Nobody wanted to give you work. You were looked down upon. You were dirty, as they say. Dirty, mm. you know. And, you know, they didn't want kids. Parents didn't want their kids around Rastas. Okay. You know, I mean, there's still people from my generation that grew up with that, but obviously came full circle, you know. Yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So, you know, you know, and I'll, and I'll say this, you know, Haile Selassie, and I, and I recommend this for anybody and everybody. If you go and listen to this guy's speeches, his speeches are relevant today. And a lot of Bob, you know, there are songs by Bob Marley that were his speeches, like okay. war. Mm-hmm. War is word for word. Wow. There, there are others that he takes excerpts from. But I tell you what, he was a very eloquent speaker. He was a NATO representative as well, a speaker at NATO because he was so eloquent and he spoke seven languages. Wow. 
Wow. Very bright man. He was the president of Ethiopia. Right. He was right? the he was the king of Ethiopia. King, king of, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Two hundred twenty third. Okay. Yeah. And um, you know, you you read his speeches, and he just feels the way he talks. He feels like he's speaking for mankind. Okay. It's amazing, you know. And you know, the, a lot of his ma- bigger speeches were in the thirties be, before. You know, he's so long you know because the racists don't believe that he's dead like okay you know they're like oh show us his body show us whatever um but you know a little bit I, of I, I don't really i don't really take a side yeah right. you know i just yeah. stay neutral on 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 that because i'm i'm you're I there stay. you're there in principle exactly and that's where you live yeah, your life you know yeah. and it's and, and and to me he's there in spirit regardless yeah you know what i mean because cool. he's he he lives on he lives on in so many people you know, it it, uh, it reminds me of that kids movie called Coco. Okay. Like once once they stop thinking about you, your spirit, the light goes off. Right. You understand? So mm-hmm. yeah. that's how you keep somebody's spirit alive. You understand? Totally. So his is, you know, and they say there's over a hundred, there's over a million Rasas in the world, you know? So his spirit is very well alive, regardless of what you think, you know, you know, and there's people that, that, you know, that they'll look on some of the negative side which he, some of it you can't deny. I mean, you know, he was, he, you know, he basically, they defeated Italy, but then, you know, they came back and defeated them as well. Okay. Right. You understand? So there's like, you know, I don't know all that, that history right there. I think it was Mussolini. Um, okay. One of the, you know, one of the big leaders of Italy. And, um, you know, I don't really get caught up in that part i focus i focus on what he brings to mankind there you go you understand and and he's a very i mean elegant speaker you know he he mostly spoke in um arabic oh no kidding yeah Yeah. americ and americ you know i'm I'm sorry and not arabic but americ that's the language of ethiopia yeah and you know and they have and you know they had one of the earlier bibles um, okay. So, you know, trying to translate that, some of the words, you know, that, you know, it's all translated a little bit different for different languages, but you know, he was just, I mean, I, it's so hard if you, it's like one of those things you just have to like read it yourself. Sure. It was a big influence on you. Oh, obviously. obviously, you know, because his philosophies are just so universal. Okay. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know, I was so taken back by him. And then, you know, and then obviously I learned a lot about him through the music. That's what I was going to yeah. say, because it seems like that's the vein. It is. The thread that, that it you, is, that's but, you inspired know, your right. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what's inspired it. But you see a couple of the missing links that I didn't know put certain songs together. I was like, okay. Oh, I bet. Make, it makes so much sense, you know? Yeah. So, you know, there was, there was that. And, you know, and it was an interesting time for me because... You know, 19, what, what year was this when you decided to kind of go full into 98? Yeah, it music. was it was the last time I cut my hair was in November of 98. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's when I kind of changed my philosophies, right. my way of living. Um, I went raw. Well, wow. and all that was all kind of happening at the same time was becoming much more spiritual, you know, uh, much more, you know, looking within and, yeah. you know, and then and then. You know, and then and then it started after a while. What happened was because I'd looked in so much, 
now now the spirit was coming out. That's you great. Understand? You understand? I do. Yeah. So, you know, and I, reggae has always been at the forefront of my musical taste since I was 11 years old. Because I will never forget the first time I heard it was at my uncle's house in the Grove. And it was Peter Tosh's album, Legalize It. My wow. uncle actually worked on that album. Wow. Yeah, he uh, played the harmonica. The Jamaicans called it harp, but you can see it. he's on there. It says special thanks to Yuck. All that. that's so nineteen seventy six. Exactly. That's the that's the U.S. release seventy five in Jamaica. Okay. CBS picked it up and released it in the U.S. in nineteen seventy six. Okay, you're correct on that. And um, so that was a huge influence, dude. I used to sit there watching the nineteen seventy six Summer Olympics with that album playing. Wow, mm. watching the Summer Olympics track and field and yeah. high jump and yeah. all of that. And you know, and it's so it's so crazy too because there was a song called Let Ja. J-A-H, be praised, right? And that was one of my favorites. And, you know, I knew they were speaking kind of a different language, something, uh, 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 an offshoot of English. So a lot of it I could understand. And then when you read it and you sing along, it's like, oh, okay, this makes complete sense, most of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so my interpretation of let Ja be praised, I figured it was their way of saying, like their kind of slang slang way of saying you. Yeah. Right. So then when I learned like job, I was like, oh, well, that's not really, you know, it's not you, so to speak. But then when I got the fullness and I turned yeah. more Rasta, Ja is you. Right. So it came full circle that let Ja, which is you and I and I and Ja be praised. Very nice. You, you understand? So for it sure, was yeah. like. It's kind of how you, you, we came for full circle in there too. Exactly. I, I want to say surfing was in your life. During oh, that time frame. Uh, for too. sure. My uncle took me surfing for the first time in Kauai when I was four. Okay. Well, All right. But it would, and it, 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 for the next 10 years, it didn't happen until he came around. Oh, okay. All right. So the next big time was when we moved to the Panhandle near Panama City, place called Seagrove Beach. All right. Um, it's right next to Seaside's real famous now. Yeah. And, um, we he we were up there and he came and visited and we surfed and I remember him surfing and there was a huge hurricane swell and he we we couldn't even see him he was so far out mm-hmm. like fifth sandbar that's mm-hmm. what it seemed like to me but you know when a little kid everything is exaggerated of, of course you know so then it was like and then we moved in with him when I was around eleven or twelve and that's how I got to hear reggae and he would take us to South Beach and we'd go surfing and that that was kind of but. We didn't really have any way to get to the beach. Right. Yeah. That's still two hours for people who are listening that didn't grow up in Florida. Yeah. It's still two hours away from real uh, surf. Real surf. Right. Right. A regular wave. I mean, you know, when I got a car in high school or my friends, like around 15 is kind of when I started. 16 was, it was on every weekend because I had my car. That's me. And I was like driving every week, you know, and you know, like sometimes there would be waves at South Beach and we go out to South Beach and surf, but you know, like I basically learned how to surf between RCs and Sebastian Inlet. There you go. Same yeah. as me. Yeah. That's where I went every weekend. Yeah. We'd get up at two o'clock in the morning, three hours. We'd be there at five o'clock, five thirty. Yeah. Surf all day, turn around, drive home, turn around, drive right back up <laughs> on Sunday and committed. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, once in a while we'd sleep in the car, but that got old real quick with the mosquitoes oh, and the yeah. Yeah. and yeah, you know, not very comfortable. I did that because it it seems like every time we got a perfect campsite set up, it would rain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect campsite, everything's great, and then yeah, <laughs> and then the mosquitoes came. Oh so. yeah, 
Yeah, so surfing's definitely been in my life. Um, you know, and reggae and surfing are still my biggest joys. And uh and I'll tell you now I enjoy surfing more than I ever ever have. Well, that's great to hear cuz yeah. I kind of do too. It's, I, it's Yeah, I was just going to say I feel the same way. Like I I've surfed my whole life. I've been fortunate in that regard. Uh-huh. But I do I feel like I just enjoy it more and more. The more I do it, the older I get, I yeah, I kind of cherish each little moment. Yeah, you know, whereas I think a lot of things are like that when you're young, you take them for granted because yeah, you for don't sure. you don't know any better, and then you you realize like these little moments. You know, it doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be perfect. Like just of course, little moments where you're like, man, this is this so is pretty fun. fantastic. And you know what? You know what? The turning point for me was it was about ten years ago. You know, and I'm like, look, you know, I'm getting older, and I've always I've always tried to take care of myself. You know stay in shape, eat, eat good. You know, I was a vegetarian. I turned vegetarian when I was 18. Last You're going to outlive us all. I mean, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, maybe you never know what might happen. But anyway, you know, I can remember, I can tell you the, I can tell you the Burger King off of I-95 was the last place I ate made it eat at, you know, I was, no kidding. Back, I was driving back to school at UNCW. I went to school at UNC, UNC Wilmington. And there was this one Burger King I loved in South Carolina. It was the only one that had a salad bar back then. Yeah. Oh, classic. Yeah. Man. It was like, you know, and then I remember mine getting one at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know, and I remember that was the last place I ate red meat. Okay. And then, you know, and then I kind of, I wasn't a really good vegetarian. You know, I still had a lot of sugar in my diet or whatever, but you know, that was, um, a turning point for me as well, you know, because it was, because it wasn't like, my process, I went from not eating meat, then I cut out pork, you know, bread meat. It was basically beef and pork. Mm-hmm. Gone. Okay. Then I went to, you know, my mother was a vegetarian. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. my mother was a vegetarian, but, you know, my brothers eat everything and they drink everything. Okay. Okay, so, you know, they're like, no, we're fine. And don't push any of your stuff weird shit on us, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I never would, you know? And, but now they, they all love my salad. So, you know, anytime I go to Nicaragua, I go, I yeah. make the salad. Yeah. Everybody loves my salad. So, <laughs> but anyway, so then what happened was I went, I was still eating seafood and then I quit seafood. But before I quit seafood, I quit dairy. I found dairy was a big problem for me. Gotcha. You know, it was like. Even was, ice cream, huh? Um, If it if it was dairy based. Okay, gotcha. If it's fruit yeah. based, it was fine. Fair enough. You know what I'm saying? But what I found out was. You know, I mean, I was a vegetarian, but listen to how bad this, this breakfast is. I was eating uh, Little Debbie honey oh, buns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pecan no. twirls. Wait a minute. That sounds delicious. That's what I still eat for breakfast. <laughs> they call those the colonators. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and a banana and um, a yogurt. Okay. okay. So what would happen was, so I kind of cut out the... Not completely, but I wasn't eating the pastries as much, okay? Mm-hmm. And so it was just a banana and some for- form of fruit yogurt, but, you know, very heavy dairy. Yeah. And I kept, I kept realizing, I'm like, I just ate, but I feel like all oh, like a blob. Yeah. Right? And then that's when I realized I cut out the dairy. Okay. But the interesting part was, so I cut out milk, right? So I still was eating cereal, but I would eat it with water. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds awful. No, it actually was good. But you know what's crazy? It was the 
body association with granola, I was still getting the same effects as if it were milk. Oh, okay. interesting. Yeah. Huh. You know what I mean? Cold, yeah. cold water might as well be skim milk anyway. Exactly. For exactly. Out loud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so then I gave that up and that was the last one before I went raw. All right. But my diet was horrible. I was eating, still eating. That's yeah. basically without the yogurt. PB&Js for lunch. Pasta yeah. with ragu out of a jar. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's like 90% sugar. Well, you yeah. surf longer. I mean, literally in your life, you'll surf longer. Yeah. You're not as, uh, you don't have to worry about weight problems. No. Um, I've never your, had that Your problem. face doesn't puff up like me, John, and Benji <laughs> Weatherly's. <laughs> and Dane Reynolds, based on yesterday. Oh, my God. I love that guy. Yeah. But, yeah, it's phenomenal stuff, man. I yeah. I like to hear how you made that, you know, transition to who you are now. Yeah. And, and I think we've we've got a real good picture of it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to at least give you an opportunity to tell us a surf story. Okay. If you've got one um, to put you on the hot seat, I've pr- you probably got many. I, I do. I mean, yeah. if, if you guys want to, I mean, I mean, you have to kind of narrow it down for me. If I, you, if I, you could. Well, I usually like to give prompts like, uh, did you, you know, fall in love on a surf trip? Did you score ridiculously when you didn't expect to? Did you get heart really bad? Did you witness something horrific? You know, um, you know, skinnier teeth got out of the country. You know, that kind of, usually these are how these stories uh, come up and we can always hit pause, use the restroom, come back to it. Um, but we like to give, uh, everybody the, well, believe it or not, never fell in love on a trip. Okay. I was, I, when I went surfing, I went surfing. Yeah. The right. boys were partying and looking girls. Me, I was up at six. I was going surfing. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for two weeks. I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah. You know, never really had that one where we scored and it was, wasn't that good. Okay. The only thing that comes close to what you said was when we went to Jamaica to film um, Island Hoppers. Yeah. We almost got killed and we almost got arrested in Jamaica. All right, so... Were you in St. Thomas Parish? Um, we were... Actually, we were in... We were in Portland. Okay. The first time it happened. And I told the crew, I said, don't bring ganja down here okay all right don't bring ganja down here and i'm not going to call anybody's name but we got pulled of course they found it Mm -hmm. and it was like you know and i told them i said you know i told you the jamaican police gave you problems about it yeah because it's 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 been illegal there until this at the airport no this was on the road you got pulled over in in portland i mean our driver literally had like a six inch cigar spliff hanging out of his mouth half right. the time but, but as you as you will hear it's okay. more about who it was oh yeah. okay because we're tourists yeah yeah that means yeah, yeah. Ching, right. ching 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 yeah. yeah so they you know they're like so my partner was like well i'm gonna go talk to the cops see what we can do because they were threatening to take them to jail okay so i was like look I told you guys, I ain't throwing a dime in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was kind of being a little bit of a hard ass, but, you know, I was kind of pissed because I told them not to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was, and I knew if we got pulled, that's what they were going to be looking for. And they're Shake like, oh down. yeah. You know, and they were like, oh, do you have any? I'm like, no. And I saw somebody's lives light up and I'm like, <laughs> like oh boy. I'm reading their lips saying, I do. It's in the back seat. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, great. And, um, but anyway, so long story short, on that end, they ended up paying them off. 
And then, you know, that's where we almost went to jail. And that was like the first day. That was driving from the airport. Fantastic. So we're in a rental car. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like being in Costa Rica in the 90s. You know? is, yeah. is Portland where Kurt's place was? No, that's St. Thomas. That's St. Thomas, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Kurt, one of the, well, the place that Kurt liked to go was right on the border. It was okay. out of, basically at the point. Yeah. On the north coast where it meets the south coast, that's St. Thomas Point. Oh, yeah. Okay. And there was a... I know if it if it if it wasn't in Portland, it was right on the edge of St. Thomas because oh, okay. it's St. Thomas Portland. Yep, parishes. So, so one night on the trip, so I was the one that always basically put what we were going to do, and we tried to have some sort of schedule. But you know, some things would change dependent on surf. Sure. Okay, for island hoppers because this was the island hoppers trip, and what would happen was. There was a band that I knew that I really liked. It was called Roots Underground. It was when they were first starting. And I contacted them. And they were like, oh, yeah, sure, come. We'd love the exposure, and we'd love to do it. And So I went up. We went up to, um, I forget the name of the place, but it was a real real nice place, and I'd heard, about, heard of it. And we went there, and I introduced the band, hosted the event, and we taped them, and it was, it was great. And we were coming back from Kingston and I think it was, I think we were supposed to go back that night, but it was so middle of the night that we ended up we were like, look, we the driver's like, I don't think we should drive at night. Oh, wow. Mm. So we're like, whatever you say, yeah, you know what I'm saying? If you say so, then, and, and you know, and they're like, Oh, we want to go. I go, look, this guy knows better than we do. If this guy says whatever they say, do because they know. Right. And sure enough. So the next day, believe it or not, we get pulled over with M16s, mm. three of them. By police or no police? police. Oh, police. okay. Police. All right. And they're like, don't get out of the car. Just stay in your car. And they were sitting there with M16s on us. And Lexi's freaking out. And I forget the guy's name. I think it, they call, his nickname was Kong, was our driver. Okay. He actually drove for. Um, it was His name was King. King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. King drove, you know, because we really were do. out. Yeah. And King was like, he goes, I don't know what's going on. And I go, and he's like, they're looking for somebody, and they think it ended up they were looking for somebody, and they thought we were that person. Okay. And being the thing was, they couldn't see in the back window. Yeah, they're all tinted. Heavy. Right. Yeah. yeah. His memories were black, black. Sure. You know? But, uh, you know, it was kind of a scary situation because, I mean, they literally threw the doors open and were you know, the guns were, yeah, it's no fun. No, you're like, you know, like Lexi was freaking, freaking out. Yeah. You know, Rob was kind of, my partner was kind of, you know, and I was, I was obviously a little nervous because I was kind of just watching King. Yeah. Cause I know King would know better what was going on than we would. Yeah. And you know, that's the only time like on a surf trip that I ever really had, except for getting pulled over and and oh, having yeah. to pay off the cops every 10 feet in Costa Rica back in 93. I know, right? That was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, 12, that was a grift, huh? Uh, yeah. 12 of us with f- 25 boards on the roof, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Think about how many Costa Rican kids you put through school. <laughs> yeah. the, son, the son and daughters of the policemen. Yeah, come on, Lance. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It's a uh, scholarship program. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I was that poor surfer just trying to milk it for as long as I can. Yeah, you know? yeah. Have you ever stayed in touch with Warren Marley, the, the guy we met down there um you know he moved to miami 
Did and he? I, and I think he still does. He was going. He ended up moving up to Miami, and he went to the University of Miami. And I would see him at South Beach from time to time because he would come and surf. Sure. But um, we kind of lost touch for whatever reason. I don't know what happened. Um, and you know, we kind of reunited. Like he ended up coming to like one of my reggae shows long after that. Okay. But we we never really stayed. You know, the, the interesting story about Warren is too is that he was never really embraced by the Marley family. Okay. You know, and I, it might be for two reasons because he came from the father's side mm-hmm. and he didn't really know the other side. Yeah. Yeah. The mm. dad's side, you know, the yeah. Bob side, you know, he, he was, he's a white Jamaican. Yeah. And you know, Admiral, Admiral Marley was in the Navy. And he was a white guy from England. Yeah. And just happened to have an affair. And that's how all that. He was an older guy. Sure. He was probably 30 plus years older than Sedella at the time. Wow. So supposedly, so the, I, I don't really know the whole, that's the what I know. And I don't know how true that is. That's, yeah, you know, and I don't know if he had other kids or whatever. But, you know, he ended up obviously leaving Sedella. Um, yeah, Warren know. was great when we were down there. Yeah. I, uh, and I think he was a cousin of. Bob or second or once removed or something like that. Anyway, Warren was wonderful. He showed us a couple new surf spots and yeah. got to ride in his car with him. And, uh, he, he did say to the, something to the effect of, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not necessarily the most popular guy around here, but it yeah. was kind of funny. Well, yeah. I was wondering, he was a wonderful guy. I'm, yeah. I'm glad he's doing all right. Sounds like at least, well, you know what? I'll look him up. I'll tell you this. You got to see the good side of Warren. Okay, fair enough. Okay, you got to see the good side. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I saw it for myself, but it wasn't towards me. You know, I saw it towards Fair enough, yeah. You know Every, I mean, I mean the, you guys get to see the good side of Kevin Miller. <laughs> <laughs> I get to see all the sides of Kevin Miller. Yeah, that's right. That's true. <laughs> uh, they're, they're all good. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah, yeah all right. All right. So, well, that's cool, man. That's good to know. And that's funny. Kurt, you, were, you were talking about that. Kurt, well, just real quick, hold that thought. Kurt Massanelli, Massanelli, Massanelli. Is he around still? How's he doing? He is. Um, I don't know. You know, after, believe it or not, after. Just to throw back to the fact that he was our guide right, for this surf right. trip. And he brought me listening. in. That's how he brought me in. And, you know, we had a little bit of a falling out because it was a misunderstanding. He wasn't open and upfront with me. Like he Ooh. was expecting certain things from me that I found out later trying to figure out why this guy was upset with me. He never said a word to me. Mm. You okay. understand? Yeah. And I, and I love, and I loved Kurt, you know, yeah. and he kind of, you know, and then he went, he had, you know, he had a surf shop in Fort Lauderdale. Well, yeah, point. he was, in, you know, in, in, in Pompano and that surf shop's still there. He's not involved anymore, you know, and he had a breakup with his wife. But now he's very much to himself. I think he's a lot happier now. Okay. But he just surfs just, you know, he surfs out back of his job and he's happy. Good. You know, and, you know, and I always tried to resurrect that. And He's you know, a sweetheart. Yeah, he is a great guy, you know, but he, you know, it seemed like he always kind of had something on his shoulder for me because of that. Well, yeah, no, it's, there's yeah. always going to be whenever you mix business with yeah. friendships. But I mean, you know, I would have been fine with that if it was expected and explained to me, but I didn't find, I found out through somebody else. I know. And you that, know what I mean? It just kind of sucked. It kind of sucked, you know, because yeah. I was friends with his wife, friends with his kids. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. but I mean, for, for what I know, it seems like he's doing all right. You know, I, he didn't reveal a whole lot to me the last time I saw him. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to let bygones 
Leave the water under the bridge. Right. That's right. That's right. I was just going to say, just hearing your story about what happened to you guys in Jamaica, um, I've had similar experiences going to your brother's place. Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. Why didn't you want to say that? But that doesn't really happen down there anymore. It doesn't happen down there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It was when this was probably 15 years ago when we first started going. But Yeah. yeah, we used to, there were times where you'd, uh, uh, what was the the driver that he used to have with the had the the blue van? Was it Eduardo? Um, that sounds familiar. Maybe, I, maybe he had, a, it was he had a he had a big blue van, and the the front windshield was tinted like limo black, <laughs> and it had like At night too, the shape of a fireball was cut out just for the driver to see. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that guy picked us up every year for years in a row. That guy picked us up at the airport, and we drive uh, to Shay's place. And like sometimes we'd go, we'd get all the way to Shay's place and never get stopped once. Right. And then other times you get pulled over every two miles. Well, you know, um, I, uh, one time when Shay came to get me, um, he's like, we got to hide the surfboards. Because uh, he said that was the giveaway. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. they get the surfboards. And that makes like, sense. Yeah. You know, but like in Again, the taxis, look, they wouldn't really see them too much unless they put them on the roof and they yeah. could fit. But that was the thing. And then now it's just like, it's like, you know, yeah, go through, you know, they don't even, but it was, it was, it was bad for. Yeah. And I remember one time, especially we, we did, we got stopped probably six or seven times between the airport and Shay's place. And four of the times it was like blacked out Chevy Suburbans. And the guys that got out were in plain clothes with tactical gear, bulletproof vests and automatic weapons that are not standard issue. And they would look in our board bag. They were looking for something. I think probably a drug shipment. Oh, okay. But they would see a van. They'd see the board bags. They'd, they'd get, they were real nice, but they'd open up the van with the guns drawn. Whoa. And this is 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 yeah. o'clock in the morning. Probably everybody's sleeping. Everybody's you? sleeping. We're all waking up. Like, And you wake up, you're like, holy shit. This guy's yeah. pointing an automatic weapon at me. And, yeah. and he does. he's not a cop. Right. He's like a... Plain clothes. He's plain clothes, dude. Yeah, yeah. With a tactical vest on. Wow, that's and a And they would time. they would open up our board bags and they would look through and they would kind of tap on the boards and they would look and then they'd close them up and be like, "Sorry, on your way." But it's the first I've ever heard that down there. It's the only time it ever happened. That one time. Oh, but, okay. That's um, weird. Well, usually it was just the local police guys. Yeah, yeah, and you, just, you know, throw them a little money and you're yeah, on your way. You yeah, know. Yeah. But this was like cause I, these guys were like what. What I imagine is the equivalent of our DEA. Yeah. They were, pro- I, I assume they were looking for drugs. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. big time drug shipment because yeah, yeah. they were, all they wanted to do is check our board bags. I don't know. You get a report like, like, you know, boats running aground, like a, a panga with four <laughs> 250 Yamahas on the back. Yeah. And uh, full of bales or whatever yeah. coming on board. And, you know, like the Osa Peninsula, Costa Rica. And there's, you know, half of the military, they don't have military, they have cops in Costa Rica. Yeah. But then, you know, they're going to light up the, uh, the alarms up the coast and everybody's yeah. going to get pulled over for the next five days. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, fortunately so. that doesn't happen anymore. And no, I'll be headed down there Sunday to see Shay. So <laughs> you lucky, lucky, dog. <laughs> lucky dog. Yeah. We're jealous. You had a nice trip down there in November, didn't you? Now Shay's place is crushing it. I oh yeah. Waves yeah. every day almost. Yeah. Pretty much every day. Yeah. I mean, it was the best November I've ever. It was wow. unexpected too, because the forecast was saying three to four, yeah. which is you know head high, head high, maybe a little over. But when I got there, he's like, Shay was like, "This is the most they've ever been wrong." He's like, "It's still three to four. I'm like, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, but it's over three for the four overhead." Oh wow! <laughs> and it was holding. So, wow. And it was it was 
It was a little bit slower Thanksgiving because what happened was he's like, oh, Thanksgiving, we're always too busy. So I was yeah. like, okay, no problem. We'll come with Christmas. Yeah. Maybe go see Jamin in New York. And um, and then he calls me like, luckily I still hadn't booked the tickets. He called me like two weeks, week and a half. Yeah. And I don't know why I didn't have the tickets booked already. Yeah. Normally I would have. He's like, oh, you guys want to come for Thanksgiving? Like, we don't really have any reservations. We're not really doing a whole lot. I was like, I mean, we would prefer that. Yeah. He's like, all right, we'll come. Because we like to try to go to New York in December because my son likes to see snow, and it's more likely in December than November. Sure. Yeah. So we went, and it was, yeah, it was it was really good. Um, you know, it was barrels and yeah, just, you know. That's what it is out back. Yeah. And you got yeah. various degrees of, like, difficulty. Yeah. You yeah. can go left for... Like Black Diamond, you can go over here for the over blues, co- coconuts. Yeah, coconuts. exactly. But you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that the, I love the, that setup. The real boom, the real boom that left down the beach. Yes, that's almost like the last wave. Yeah, yeah, that was so good the whole time. And I was just like, it was always a little crowded. Okay, you know, and like like the heavier locals and the better guys that either lived there or were visiting so i kind of just stayed away i kind of stayed over more like coconuts and yeah. was surfing that right almost by that. myself you know yeah, exactly and then so the last day and i was just like you know what i gotta go get mine and i went and you got a couple i mean it was i was surprised how good it was man it just did that it just did that thing square yeah, yeah. it just went square my like, my best trip there was in november as yeah. well and we we just booked it and knew that was a good time shay had always said like november's yeah. a great month to yeah, come yeah yeah and uh, and we got there. It was me and JT and Tank, and uh, Tank. we were there for a day by ourselves. And then um, the next morning, we had surfed all morning, and the new crew was coming in. Okay, at like for, you know, in the morning, uh-huh. and I think they had gotten delayed or something because they weren't getting. They didn't get there till like nine or ten a.m. We were already had surfed and we're out of the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, these guys are unloading boards, and it was uh, Mikey to Temple. Oh yeah, and he was filming uh, his film uh, Sight Sound. Okay, and so it was Mikey to Temple, Chris Christensen, mm-hmm. Ryan Birch, and uh, Tomo. Okay, and we spent five days with them there, and it was the best. Five days of surf I've ever seen at the boom. Really? And I mean, I've, I'm going, this is maybe my, I don't know, 12th or 13th time. Yeah, well, it was the best surf I'd seen in November, that time of yeah. year. You wow. Know? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the um, you know, typically in the summer because of the storms, the south swells, you yeah. know, I mean, you get, you know, sometimes it maxes out, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, typically I get better waves in November in, in, in the summer. You yeah. know what I mean on a regular basis. So it was just it was nice. I mean, no, you always get it probably like at least you know head high. Yeah, and it's offshore. I mean, you know, like I think one day when I went onshore for an hour, which was I needed the break. Yeah, you that's why I, mean? I, I like November because the wind's a little lighter. It's, yeah. You get more likely to get that all day offshore yeah, for you sure. Pretty much would, and if it would if it came on at that time of year too. Four, four, if you paddle out at four, and I guarantee you by four thirty, it's cleaned up. Yeah, you know what I mean because oh, it's yeah. just that it's just it's like clockwork. Down I got there. an early yeah. December trip down there once, and uh, my buddy Brian Mack and I went out uh, on on an off day. It was pretty flat one day, um, and caught a sailfish on uh, on one of those little <laughs> tiny pongas. Yeah. Really, like literally five miles offshore. Yeah, six miles offshore. It was oh, crazy. All, I, well, you can, they can't do that anymore because them guys just cleaned it out oh yeah the guy the guy on the boat kept it um this was 2014 yeah and uh, it got really good actually it's coming back it's coming back but you know it's not totally like but there was a point where 
they were bombing. So everything that was living was dead. Oh, yeah. wow. Like, you know, from sure. a, a snapper Bait this fish. big, you know, snapper fish from that big to whatever. And they just go collecting, you know? Yeah. Well, so, this has been a great time. Uh, thanks for visiting with us. Yeah, uh, of it's, course. It's really important that uh, we documented your story. To me, <laughs> I know it, it seems funny, but to me, I loved the fact that we nailed this down and we made it happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's I, I had no expectations, but this is definitely not what um, I didn't think it would go this direction more about me personally. You know, I thought it was I don't know. For some reason, I thought maybe surfing or music more you know yeah this is our this is our guilt deal though we just let it go wherever it takes us yeah goes where it goes yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and i just i just kind of went with the flow as well you know yeah well, well, we, we always appreciate having you at the festival yeah man um, and i'm i'm very grateful to be there i mean i love what you guys do i mean thanks man you know and i've i've approached you guys many times about propositions you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's how you drum up business we yeah. do the same thing to yeah. a lot of sponsors we yeah. know it we know it well yeah you know so it's like i always you know uh, and i'll tell you bef- before we go one of my one of my favorite things to do in life is bringing my two loves together which yeah. is reggae and surfing. Yeah. So DJing at Surf Expo, I love that. Just being around the surf energy. Yeah. The same with the films, you know. And what's great too, I get, you know, I might miss the intro and I might miss the end, but you know, I get basically get to see the movies too. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's excellent. L- l- glad, luckily, I have autoplay, so it you know it still get the music going. You know. Yeah. So are we going to see you on the second and the third at Atlantic? Still Center? trying to work that out. Still okay. trying to work that out. Um, I gotta wait till I get home to see the Islander bucket. It's like, dude, I, it's like I've got six dates thrown in front of me since I've been in Orlando for three days. So. Ten nice. four. Nice. That's good yeah. though. That is good. Yeah, good. I'm not complaining because I definitely need it right now. It's been slow since COVID. I mean, my I've had to kind of change my business model a little bit just to. Yeah. Uh, Okay. You know, and moving, moving, um, kind of, um, has been, I guess you could say it's been beneficial already, okay. already. I've already started to reap some, but it's also a drawback too, but we won't get into that. Sure. Did you say moving? Did you move somewhere? Visit? Yes, I did. I okay. moved to, um, Indian river County. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So it's, uh, closer to surf. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was a family decision, um, sure. for, my son's mother's side of the family. Very okay. good. Okay. You know, I mean, but we've actually, we actually have been hosting the idea for like two years. Like, sure. I, I'd actually thought about it, you know, more from a SERP perspective because I can pretty much live anywhere in Florida and still work. Yeah. You know, and, you know, so, you know, she's, her first place was St. Pete. And I'm like, Dana, surf. Yeah. <laughs> she knows, tough. And she knows how important. I mean, I love St. Pete. Don't get me. If there was sure. surf there, I'd probably great live town. there. Yeah. Yeah. It is a great town, you know? You know, and then we even talked about Orlando because it was an art school. There's a, uh, there's an art, really good art school in Osceola County in Kissimmee. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And one of the uh, really like nationally ranked. And my son was really into art at the time. Okay. But one of the, one of the third best ones in the state was in Palm beach. So he applied to that and he didn't like the experience. He's like, I'm done with art. Mm. Okay. And then, you know, so we kept throwing some ideas out and she said, Sebastian, I'm like, I'm all in. Done. I'm all in. <laughs> That's great. I'm, I'm like, I mean, it's like you're two hours from anywhere. Yeah. Good surf in Florida. Yeah. You know, for the most part, you yeah, know, yeah. you're two hours from St. Aug, two hours from Miami. Yeah. Two hours from the West coast. It's like, that puts you two hours from every market for gigs and, and a plug for your business, which is DJing, uh, reggae music. Yeah. Full roots, but also like 
whatever whatever i mean yeah. anything anything like within that genre flexible yeah very flexible you know ska reggae dance hall white boy reggae whatever you want to call it you know awesome. i'm down for all of it it's called culture shock music yeah, yeah. What, if somebody wants to book you what's the best way to find you what's uh, your uh, website? you know i mean i got cultureshock.com really has everything okay um, spelled k-u-l-c-h-a as shock is uh, s-h-o-k and then music is m-u-z-i-k right but it's just drop off the music.com okay and you know there's it's it you know the navigation isn't the best now that i was on there the other day but there's a lot on there. There's 15 pages. Nice. You okay. know, but you can get me there. You can see whatever. But, you know, it's also just easy. You can send me a text message on Instagram. Yeah, yeah send yeah. us a message. We'll refer you right to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thanks, guys. Always a pleasure, man. I'm glad this, we pulled this off, you yeah. know. And Cheers. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Everybody loves it, including myself. I'm a huge fan. Thanks, Thank bud. you. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, man, of course. All right. See you soon, bud. Yeah, man. Much love. Oh man, if it's possible, I like the guy even more now. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, he's just a, a pure, good human being, focuses on making sure everybody's happy with the product he produces. He's, you know, always on time, just absolutely crushing it. Yeah, yeah, he's just such a sweetheart of a guy. And uh, as he said, I'm stoked we pulled it off. We've been talking about having him on the podcast oh, yeah. for a long time. And uh, usually when he's up in our neck of the woods, it's either to DJ for us at the festival or to surf. <laughs> I know. So, I don't get to surf with him very often. I haven't seen him in the water in a bit just because when he does come, we're setting up for the festival. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him. I've been lucky to see him in the water a few times. And he just exudes that radiant light of just... Yeah. coolness and kindness and yeah he's an amazing guy good style i'm a fan yeah and uh you know brother of uh, another podcast candidate yeah we want to yeah. bring shay o'brien on uh, owner operator of chancletas resort or chancletas uh, beach resort beach resort yeah okay, that's what it's called yeah so uh I yeah, had shout the, out to shay yeah i had the good fortune of being down there last week and uh got some super fun waves uncrowded warm um so yeah I think we're going to plan another trip down there in the spring and uh, we'll have Shay on the podcast to talk about how he discovered that wonderful place. Business trip. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks a lot for joining us. We want to thank all of these sponsors and uh, more. You can check out our page on online. The Florida Surf Film Festival page under the about has all the uh, people you want to support in town. New sponsors like Jewelry of Joy on Canal Street and Gallery 237. Um, thanks to those folks. This festival is a success here in town. Um, we have some exciting news coming up, so we'll, we'll be sure to share that with you guys later. But um, right now, we are happy to have all of the support from you guys, the listeners, and also anything else, John? Oh, I just want to direct people. Uh, our main sponsor, Surfing's Evolution and Preservation Foundation, the way that that happens is by when you get a license plate for your car, you pick that rad endless summer license plate and then all the funding for that goes to that organization and they distribute it to nonprofits in Florida that support uh, the ocean, uh, the environment, uh, promoting surfing's past, curating surfing's future. Um, it's a wonderful organization and we're lucky to have their support. So can't, can't lose with that choice. Uh, I think it's an extra 
few bucks or something. Yeah, it's like but, 10 or 15 bucks or yeah, something, but yeah. it's uh, it's very cool. So, yeah, next time you get a license plate for your car, do your registration, pick that super cool Endless Summer license plate. Yep, thanks to those folks, and uh, have a great rest of your day, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Cheers.